Welcome to the Bob Siegel Show podcast on the Cross Global Media Radio Network. Visit cgmradio.com slash bob to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Welcome to the Bob Siegel Show, where we like exploring the Bible and comparing it to modern-day Christianity. Jesus was one to rattle cages, challenge conventional ideas, push barriers, push envelopes. I guess they didn't have envelopes in those days, at least nothing like what we would call an envelope. Anyway, Jesus did that. We don't do that today very much, though. We love to follow the crowd, follow the pack, graze with the other sheep. Follow the latest fad, the latest tradition. And this goes on even in so-called holy sanctimonious arenas and ministries like worship. But we'll talk about that in a moment. Back to Jesus. I'm going to read today a passage from John chapter 4. Jesus is talking to the Samaritan woman. First, a little background about the Samaritans. This goes back centuries, much earlier in Israel's history. The nation of Israel, divided amongst the 12 tribes, had a civil war and split into two nations. The southern kingdom called itself Judah, named after the tribe of Judah, but they were calling the whole country now Judah. The northern kingdom, the bigger chunk, retained the name Israel. But whereas we had one country, Israel, we have now two countries, the country of Israel and the country of Judah. Years later, because of idol worship and God giving them over to their enemies as a punishment for idol worship, the tribes of the northern kingdom were conquered by the Assyrians. Now, when the Assyrians conquered people, they wanted to rub out their identity. So they would take people from one country that they'd conquered and they'd intermingle them, cross-pollinate them with people from other countries. This was their way of breeding them out. So whereas the high majority of the people living in Israel were taken off to other nations, people from other nations were now taken into Israel, with very few of the original Israelites remaining, but the few that remained there married these people who came from other places, and a lot of times, and in a lot of cases, worshipped their gods. Now, the southern nation, Judah, didn't fare much better. In time, they disobeyed God too. They also were conquered, but now the people running the show were the Babylonians, and the Babylonians did not conquer people the way the Assyrians did. The Babylonians took Israel intact to their land. It was a 70-year captivity. Later, when the Babylonians were conquered by the Persians, the Persians allowed the Jews to return, Jew now being the short slang term for Judah. They returned, and the northern area that had once been called the northern kingdom of Israel was now called the region of Samaria, named after what had been the capital city of Israel. Well, they continued worshiping in Solomon's temple in the southern kingdom until that temple was destroyed. And then when the Jews returned from Babylon, it was rebuilt again in the days of Ezra and Nehemiah, beautified by King Herod. So they had a temple in Jesus' day while he's talking to the Samaritan woman. But after that civil war, the Samaritans had stopped worshiping in the temple. Obviously, it was part of the southern kingdom. They worshiped at different mountaintops. The one that became the most popular was Mount Gerizim. And that's the mountain to which she's referring to here in the book of John. Now, I mentioned that Jesus liked to push envelopes. It was considered anathema for a Jew to even talk to a Samaritan. It was also considered anathema for a Jew, a male Jew, to talk publicly to a woman, even if it was his own mother, his own wife, his own sister, or his own daughter. So Jesus, boy, is he breaking the rules. Not any rule that came from God, just the bigotry and racism and chauvinism of his day. He's speaking 
speaking not only to a woman publicly, but a Samaritan woman. Let's take a look at a little bit of their conversation. Once again, I'm reading from John chapter 4. In context, Jesus had already revealed some personal things about her life that she had not told him, and this led her to the conclusion that he was a prophet. She's now a little intrigued by this man, probably a little shaken too. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Okay, now on paper, this is a message that the church understands. Oh yeah, Jesus is talking about the new covenant. We no longer have to go to the temple. We no longer have to make an animal sacrifice. He is our sacrifice, and the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. So we worship God with our hearts, and Paul tells us that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. We have that all down pat. Yet how many times these days are we in the middle of a worship service where the worship leader stops in the middle of worship and says, how many of you are truly worshiping? And what he's getting at is a very common idea today that's caught on at a lot of churches where we must be willing to lift up our hands while we're praying and lift up our hands while we're singing. And if we're not doing that, we're not truly worshiping. I've often heard them say posture is important to God. Now, really, our posture is important to God. If being on a mountain isn't important to God, if being in a temple isn't important to God, if we're worshiping in spirit and truth, how does that translate into posture? Well, Bob, I just want to make sure people are really truly worshiping. Maybe they're not really worshiping if they don't lift up their hands. Maybe they're not. Then again, maybe they are. Are you a mind reader? I think we need to go back to this Jesus who pushed the envelope and push a few envelopes of our own and stand up to some of these new traditions, these new untrue teachings coming in the form of tradition that have gotten into our church. Now, just in case you're not making the connection, just in case you don't think that what Jesus is saying to the Samaritan about the mountain in the temple really applies to worship. Let me give you something more straightforward. And this comes from the end of the book of Romans. Who are you to judge another man's servant? Before his own master, he stands or falls. The master is God. We are the servants. This is Bob Siegel making the obvious obvious.